Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all listening to the Grind Ethics Mixtape Show. And this is part two of the interview of rap artist, pioneer rap artist, Cela Rock. But before I start this interview, anybody that like the last interview or anybody that like this interview or this episode of the Grind Ethics Mixtape Show, I'll be very grateful if anyone can hit me off or bless me with a small donation. Um... Damn, I forgot to tell you the link on the first episode, on the, on the first interview. Anyway, my, my link is Grind Ethics Cash App. Grind Ethics Cash App. Grind Ethics Cash App for anybody that want to make a, a donation to Grind Ethics. Okay? And I'm here with my brother, Cela Rock. Part two of the Cela Rock interview. What's going on, C? Yo, yo, yo. What's good? What's good with you, man? Y'all want to ask this question real quick. Um, so you said you was independent for most of your career, right? Yeah. Um, tell us the songs that you actually came out with independently. Okay. Um, wow, it's so, so crazy because I was... And what's the name of your company? Seal Rock Records, right? Seal Rock Records. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I was um, producing at the same time, too. Um, other artists uh in North Carolina, but uh, the singles that I did produce and put out was uh, a group called Survival Tactics, uh, Artists with Smoking Guns, um, single was Get It, that was hot, and then I put out another single with two females, it was from D.C., uh, the title was That Was Love, and um, it played a little bit on the radio, but they didn't give it that much that spin, you know, and then Atlanta, I dropped a single called Do You Really Love Me on Seal Rock Records as well. Got a little spin too as well. But then I started producing other artists, um, the Freedom Riders, Nale, and the song from the Freedom Riders was Welcome to the Block World. You know, all these, all these, 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 these songs that I put out, it was strictly, strictly, strictly underground you know i got to the point where if i if i if i had i mean i'll, I'll jump at the opportunity but i got to the point where i wasn't trying to make no songs for record labels i was making it for myself that's what's called independent because your song is hot and if these executives they like it they're gonna sign you not saying my song wasn't hot i didn't push the issue but get on the major record label. Because Seal Rock Record was a child label, but I wanted Seal Rock Record to be a parent label. I want Seal Rock Record to be bigger than what it is. So that was all my energy that I wanted to be independent, where I give myself the credit. Everybody always needs a helping hand, but I give myself the credit. Once you give yourself the credit, you look back, you say, I did all this. This is what I work hard for. And now, I'm a major label. And nobody helped me get there but my artists and me. Oh, that's a good feeling. Very good feeling. And that's what I was, that's what I, that's what I was striving to do. You know? And, you know, when Atlanta took off so much to the point where you had the T.I., Outkast, all of them, Atlanta had a whole new flavor, a whole new style of rap that, you know, I'm like, wow, here's, here's this dude from the Bronx. You know, <laughs> that, 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 you know how we did it back in the days, and now um, I'm following my head to the Atlanta sound. I'm like, yo, I told you rap music was going to go far, but guess what? 
I'm still stealing white records. <laughs> yeah. I'm still putting out independent artists. Regardless. I can't get mad and say, how did T.I. got a deal and I didn't? How did Outkast got a deal and I didn't? I can't, you can't do that in the music industry. You cannot. Things happen for a reason. You understand what I'm saying? And you have to go by those guidelines. Of course. Very important. Now, let's talk about some of you already talk about being you already talk about the struggles of being an independent label. Now talk about your highlights. Man, uh, what kind of highlights you want? <laughs> Any radio play, uh, money, girls, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, um, uh, um, show money. I say I, that's under money, but you know whatever. You know <laughs> highlights. Uh, I'm gonna leave a couple other things out. Though. Oh come on! <laughs> We need we need some shit for the shade room. Too much information, too much info. But now, um, man, I, you know what? It, it, it was um, you know that feeling, man, that you um, you're laying in your bed and, and um, like twelve, one o'clock in the morning. We always leave our radio on because I, they used to play rap music at night, and um, you hear your song on the radio. You know that was like a rush to me. I woke my brother up. We had bump beds. <laughs> I woke him up. Yo, they playing our song on the radio. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Couldn't believe it. And yeah, I'm going to give the person name and who did it. A lot of people don't remember, but DJ Chuck Chillout. Okay. He introduced everybody to my first single. So that's the first sensation I got hearing my song played on the radio. Oh, Chillout was a big name on WBLS. WBLS Chuck Chill Chill Out. He's a big name. Yeah, uh, Chuck Chill Out was on ninety eight point seven. Okay, but we're not, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about Chuck Chill Out. He's on WBLS now. But we're talking about the same person, Chuck Chill Out. <laughs> Thank you. 
Of course. Very important. Oh yeah, let's talk about ADC Camp. How you formed ADC Camp? Well, ADC, ADC Camp came about um, uh, me acting. I was in a couple of movies. I was an extra in a couple of movies. Um, I um, met this young lady, actress. She's been in a lot of movies as well. And um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to form something. I wanted to, I, I was thinking more Broadway.
never get too old to be entertaining. You never get too old to be talented. Talents don't have an age factor number. Sometimes the media wants to make it seem that way, but it doesn't. As long as you have some facts of what you do, please believe everybody's going to follow you. Of course, of course. Now, let me ask this question. This is part of one of my um, documentaries. Um, did you ever cooked up or produced an actual demo, like a demo tape? or Yeah, basically like a demo tape to send to different record labels so you could get signed? Yes. To what labels? Well, I don't want to say the labels. <laughs> oh, come on. Say the label. Come on. You, you messed up the whole shit now. Okay. Um, epic. Okay. You know, but um, things didn't work out the way the way I wanted it. Okay. You know? Did you have like a? Uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Did you have like a manager or or entertainment lawyer to present you? Because at that time they were like, yo, you have to have a lawyer or a manager present your demos to to to. To a record label, whatever, to get signed. Without that, you won't get signed. I, I, fired, I fired both of them because I felt like I can do this. I can do this on my own. Don't ever let nobody think that you got to have somebody to control your success. You know, have you ever went to court and you have somebody represent their own self without a lawyer? <laughs> Not too many times. I haven't seen that too many times. Yeah, well, you know, we got to sign contracts stuff like that, which we did. But you got to realize that. Sometimes people don't have the same passion you have. Their passion might be a little different. And I'm talking about the manager or your promoter. People that's trying to get you out. Man, you can get your own self out. All the shows I did, I did it and handled it myself. Had a couple of managers, had to let them go because they had a different agenda. Okay. So... Anytime someone has a different agenda, please believe <clears throat> things ain't gonna go right. Yeah, I heard you saying things are not gonna go right. So, you know, to answer your question, I, you know, I, I was always that front man, and that's why people depend on me. My group depend on me, and the people around me depend on me. You know, because I had to make sure everything got taken care of the right way. You know, how you felt when? How you felt when? You send these demos to these labels and it didn't pull through. You was you like, damn shit, I'm a failure, or you like, oh fuck it, I'm just gonna keep on pushing. Well, yeah, um, you know, anytime you get rejected for something, you get depressed. I mean, but like I said earlier, if you have a passion for music, it should evolve. I see, I wasn't looking to get signed anyway. You always gotta think ahead, and thinking ahead is like, okay, if I don't get signed. I'm still going to move on. If they don't call me to the office, I'm still going to move on. See, a lot, of people get depend, a lot of people depend on record labels. They be on pens and needles. But that wasn't me. Yeah, getting rejected kind of hurt a little bit. But I got over it. <laughs> you know why? Because my compassion was more stronger than they rejected me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's hot. I like that. <laughs> you gotta think that way, you know? <laughs> so, I, you know, I mean, it is what it is. 
Now let me ask you this question. What were there uh, any other and this doesn't have to be just rappers. Do you know any rappers or any other people from other genres that actually made it big or or was more or seen more success than you on an independent level before social media? Because we're talking about this is for another uh, uh, documentary. This is before social media. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we we all we all grew up in um in the area in the Bronx. So, you know, um, I was I was real cool with uh, Almighty KG from the Coke Rush, um, Special K from Treacherous Street, um, Nice and Smooth, Nice, um, Melly Mel, Raheem. You know, um, I mean. It's it's like I always I always wanted to meet them. I always wanted to you know just say hey listen man because me and Grandmaster Flat and Spirit Spot we 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 share the same record label together, but I never got a chance to meet them. You know, but I've seen them when they do shows. So it's like you didn't. I mean, you don't you don't you get to a point where it, it, during that time in the hip hop. And, and, and when you was MCing, you was MCing. You wasn't looked up as being a celebrity. <laughs> you wasn't looked up at, looked up as being, you know, wow. Okay, no, you were just an MC. And we all went to school. We all hang out. You know, and and it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. And then sometimes when you don't make it, but you still you still love the craft. You got a lot of MCs out here doing things, but you might not hear anything about it. But they're still working, they're still doing things behind the scenes. Yeah, so who was those names of those people that really kind of had like a regional success or even success in one in one state? Mm-hmm. Uh, my man Cool Keith from Ultra Magnetic MC. Okay. Um, he's doing a lot of things behind the scenes because he has a passion for music. He has a passion for the art. You gotta have passion. It's not all about being recognized. And this is the same feeling from back then. Basically, it's the same feeling I feel right now. You know. That's the story, brother. Okay, okay. Let's talk about the um the cologne that you came out with. The oil fragrance cologne. Um came out with that two thousand and two. I started in Atlanta by um put some fragments together then uh guy from new york from nigeria he's a nigerian um he um teamed up with me and made some formulas and um i had no idea <coughs> you know i had no idea that hey okay i'm gonna name an oil called sealer rock sealer rock oil when you say that people laugh at you oh come on but i already had the name I already know that I'm going to do this for passion just like I did the music. And before you know it, my joints was bottled up in stores, being shipped out. So I didn't plan it, but it was an ideal. Because if it had fell through, it wouldn't have bothered me. So never let nobody convince you that, oh, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. You got to do the darn thing, man. 
Exactly. You got to do it. You got to do it, man. Whether it work or don't work, you got to do it. I mean, every... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You got to get that word can't out of your vocabulary. Out of your vocabulary. Yeah, because that, that word can't can hold you back from a lot of things. You know? I mean, I always... Everybody was loving my world. Everybody was loving it, man. I mean, any plans of you bringing it back? Well, um, right now, I'm, I'm trying to fix a couple of things in my, my life right now. So I can't give you no uh, definite date. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the, um, you know, the friendship that you had. I don't know if y'all was friends, but let's talk about your encounter with another pioneer rap artist, Spider D. You know, Spider D was my first boss. So, <laughs> and let's and let's talk about your also that your friendship with Spider D and your encounters in Power Play Studios or your days in the legendary Power Play Studios. Wow, you went back. Yeah, I used to work at Power Play Studios. Remember. Fuck out it. Oh, come on, you lying. <laughs> you never told me this. Yes. Power Play was was a studio, man, that I know Rock Cam and uh, that Eric B, they share the same studio. Stephasonic, we all share the same studio. But Power Play Studio was an incredible studio. It was it was a studio that you don't get no more. <laughs> because it was so phenomenal with their work. And, and no one knew anything about techno. You know, so when Spider-Man introduced me to a lot of things, and uh, Eli, which Eli did the scratches on uh, Rakim, some of Rakim's song along with Eric B, but I didn't know anything about no techno. I know Studio 54. Yeah. <laughs> they played a lot of uh, discos on the time, but um, when we came out with Great Roots, that's the flip side, the B side. It was techno down. I mean, it was it was the most. I tell you, you put this song on, whatever you were smoking and drinking, man, you got higher than the next person. I'm like, wow, you, you know, you put a techno song out, see the rock? I didn't know it was a techno song. I, matter of fact, I didn't know what techno was. <laughs> so you say Eli produced it? What do you say? You say Eli produced it. He programmed the beat and all that, right? Wow, I didn't know that. Yo, that's some hip, hip, this is some hip-hop techno history. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had um, um, Patrick Adams, which he's done a lot of um, disco music for um, Michelle Blackman, um, Aretha Franklin, um, a couple other people he, he have done. But um, he decided to go ahead and help me out with, uh, with Break Blue. Okay. And also, I can't forget Terry Lewis. Was part of that deal too. Terry Lewis, Terry Lewis. I spoke about Terry Lewis the other day. Not the Terry Lewis, not the Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. This Terry Lewis was um, the Terry Lewis from um, from the hip hop thing. I thought you were talking about Terry Lewis, the music producer, who no, did. No, okay, okay. Terry Lewis uh, for the rap thing. You know. Okay, not okay. Terry Lewis, not Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam. Terry Lewis, not okay, him, okay, not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be nice. It would have been nice, you know. But, um, 
I mean, it was so electrifying when when you're in the studio and you're just doing something creative, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're just like, wow, I can't believe I did this. And I didn't know it was going to take off like that. You know what I'm saying? So you don't go and expect the unexpected. You always get back and see what happens. And if it don't happen, keep moving. Keep moving. That's what people don't understand. Like, just keep moving. Stop using... Because a lot of people... Their mind state is on, is like I was telling somebody, the problem is with most people, whether you black, white, orange, purple, whatever. Okay, 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 my bad, my bad. Yeah, it's good. Um, because our brains are so in tune with surviving. Like me, for example, I always wanted to be in the, in the, in the so-called music industry because I started out as a beat maker, right? But I didn't think about doing it grassroots as far as making money i didn't think about doing it grassroots i could i could have been like because i was already selling bootleg mixtapes and albums i could have been going to like 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 uh, 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 um cd shops and getting playing um cds and put my mix mixed down beats or my beat or whatever beats I have mixed down and mastered, I could have put them on blank CDs and sold them motherfuckers and put like a cover on it and hit the streets and sell them motherfuckers. Like how I was selling bootleg albums. And I and sell them shits for five, ten dollars. And I and I kick myself in the ass to this day for not doing that because right now nobody ain't buying CDs no more. So it's like, damn, I could have done that. <laughs> Cause I was too caught up in that survival shit and too caught up because I was in and out of jobs. And I was too caught up in being down with the industry when 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 I could have made my own sub industry, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's something, that's something historical on your behalf, man. You know, it looked like you had the, you had the passion. You know, it's crazy how it's that survival life shit that be that be that be killing motherfuckers' dreams, killing motherfuckers' motivations because, like you said, regardless of where you, whether. Whether you lived up to other people's standard success, whatever, regardless, you still kept on pushing. Exactly. Exactly. You know, survival tactics comes in apart when you when you want something done so bad in the music, and but you stay at it, and you stay at it, you don't give up. You know, because if you can survive just being alive, then you can survive. The music industry, but you got to do it with passion. And you have to have patience. You may not get where you want to be, but at least you can pat yourself on the back. I always say that. Got to give yourself credit. A lot of people don't give themselves credit. That's why they get depressed. They get in this mood that, you know, they want to get mad at other rappers. and <laughs> They want to get mad at labels and all that. For what? Because that person succeeded in a different angle. Be happy for her. Be happy for her. It's not meant for everybody to come out at one time. Sometimes not meant for people to come out, period. But guess what? You put your passion, you put your heart in what you love. You can get that out of it. People who have passions for music, for the music industry, they're the ones that get signed big major deals. I'm going to say it again. But you're not going to get signed automatically. You're not going get, to get signed right away. But eventually, if you stay at it, somebody will put you on. Why? Because you was very passionate. You was patient. 
who like reject. Nobody like nobody say no to them. Nah, I don't think so. Nah, man. Nobody like that. But every time somebody say no to you, that gives you more passion to do what you do. And you do it very well. So guess what? You patting yourself on the back. I did it. We're going to do it again tomorrow. You ain't got nobody telling you you did it. You ain't got nobody stopping your dream. The only person to stop your dream is the individual person themselves. And that's very, very true. Exactly. The individual. Get out your own way. I, I, I'm still training myself to get the hell out my own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we all got to sometimes. You know, we got to, like, just get out our own way. Sometimes we can't even see ourselves standing in front of us, holding us back, you know. That's figure of speech. But, hey, sometimes we, sometimes we get in our own way. We don't even know it. But then at the same time, you know, you got to realize that, you know, everybody's not going to get put on at the same time. But I tell you one thing, everybody's going to love the hip-hop, if you're a hip-hopper, or if you're a rap artist, we're going to love going to that studio. Yo, we're going to put something out for the ladies. Yo, we're going to put something out for the guys, you know, and your stuff don't come out. Okay, but guess what? You went in the studio and you did your best, your very best. Some cat might be listening to your joints in the car or, or, or online, but you did your best. Don't let no radio station, don't let no promoter say, nah, man, we ain't feeling that. Nah, we, you know, because a lot of people, they get to the point where they don't want to do no more. They don't, they say, hey, I can't do this, man. Why? I don't. Because my man said, hey, it wasn't good. We got to go back in the studio and do more work. Come on, man. If you're going to let somebody else determine how far you're going to go in life when it comes to the music, then you don't really need to be in it. I can't have nobody tell me I can't do this, I can't do that, you know? Can't do that, bro. Exactly, exactly. Yo, this is what I do. Like, I get heated when people act, tell me I can't do something or, or I can't do this without this or I can't do this. That's why I write my naysayer list. I put my friends and my family members on my naysayer list. Even in my security guard downstairs, if he, if, 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 if he naysayer any of my goals, I'm putting him on the list. I'll put security guard. And when you, and when you, and when you accomplish the goals that people say you can't accomplish, you show you show it to them. You show them documents of of, of them. You show them documents of of you accomplishing that goal that somebody told you can't accomplish, and, and and you make them feel stupid. Anyway, that's just me. That's what I do. For those, you know, that's my advice to people that's listening right now. <laughs> Write your names to your list. Yeah, you know, basically. You gotta be on the grind, brother. You know. Yeah, don't man. Stop you. Won't stop, can't stop. Who said that? We don't leave that alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, see, thank you for being on the Grind Addiction Safe Show. Yo, this interview, for those who don't know, was a long overdue interview, like three to four years. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Yo, yo, hold on. Before I leave, I want to tell people, yo, we're going to do a Cedar Rock documentary shot by Grind Ethics Media. Grind Ethics Make Safe Show presents and all that. A Cedar Rock documentary because people, a lot of people in the hip-hop world or the hip-hop community 
or in music in general, got to know about Cela Rock and know about the 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 work that he that 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 the blood, sweat, and tears that he put in into the business, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or into the culture, man. So we're gonna do a documentary, man, because I don't know when this brother, you know. Then again, I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> that's what we got to do a documentary. We got to do a documentary. Definitely. Tell people where they can reach you at. And tell people the link to, 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 to the um to the songs too. The old you know songs and all that. <laughs> And remember, tell a friend to tell a friend that is all about the motherfucking grind, basically. <laughs>